everybody welcome back to the upside swings podcast the draft pod with the highest ceiling i'm your host bryce Hendricks, joined as always by stone hansen and ryan davis guys how you doing pretty good um we're <laughs> we're just plowing through all these podcasts this weekend trying to get them out so uh it's been fun though it's been like a marathon so i'm looking forward yeah. to this, this group of guys today mm-hmm. yeah so feeling Definitely a busy weekend, but we're going to get as many guys and and shows as we can done. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, we're putting in the work right now. Uh, we have – I think we're going to wait to really get into it, but we have a pretty exciting uh, couple projects coming up. So really finishing up some guys, and then especially when, like, draft lottery is about to hit, we're going to be uh, – we're going to be doing some exciting stuff. Um, but today is also some exciting stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about some interesting kind of, I guess you would call a lot of them combo guard prospects. Uh, Cam Thomas, Josh Christopher, Bones Highland, Joel A.I., David Johnson, Iota Sunmu. Um, six guys who all have, you know, very different projected roles in the NBA, but a lot of similarities and a lot of distinction on boards, I would say. Um, so we're going to start with Cam Thomas, uh, one of the more polarizing players in this draft. I feel like I say that all the time, um, but Cam Thomas, it, it fits specifically because there are some people um, who, who really buy the scoring, who, who really buy into that sort of killer mentality, real hooper stuff. And there are others who, who, who look, who point to the efficiency and the lack of ancillary skills and are almost completely out on him uh so there's a there's a lot of parody um with with cam thomas views so i'm going to throw it to you first davis uh what do you think of cam thomas what are some strengths and weaknesses and and what do you feel about him overall um so i do think i'm probably a little lower on cam thomas than i've seen on most boards at least um think he's in like my 30s right now but um he's obviously a very good scorer can score in many ways um shooting of course and he gets to the rack gets to the hole at a at a good level and finishes um pretty pretty strongly there um that's the thing with cam though is that's really all i see from him is just that score um i'm not sure he can be like a a playmaker get, or make his teammates better, get his team involved. He's kind of just that, that score that just wants to score all the time, wants to get a bucket. Um, his shot selection, it does get questionable still. Um, and I think he shot like 32 or 33% from three, um, which isn't bad, but uh, if you want, if someone's going to shoot that much, you probably want it to be a little bit more efficient. Um but yeah, he's kind of—I don't know—he—he's kind of like a—he reminds me of like a Lou Williams, um, just kind of just a, a great scorer, but doesn't provide nothing else really. Um, at least from what I've seen, I'm not sure if it can—it'll change in the NBA. He might get a little better at, at some stuff, but I—I um, I just think he's going to be that, just a scorer, and that—and that would be his only role really. 
Um, he's, he's decent off the ball. It's just uh, he's like six five, I think. So, I mean, you want you probably want him to be a little bigger um, if you if you really want to play full time and like the shooting guard or even the small three um, because he's not not a point guard. Like I said, the the playmaking, the passing, um, it's just not not there yet. Uh, but I do like his shooting. Um, I do think he'll be a good scorer in the NBA, probably like a bench guy. Um, but yeah, I have him. I have him in like my my thirties right now, like thirty eight. It's almost almost forty. But uh, he's he's intriguing. He's intriguing for sure. Yeah. So for me, I uh, I actually before watching him more in depth. Um, the way I kind of do it is I watch guys throughout the season, um, and then especially like with this podcast, we'll go, I'll go like. <clears throat> really in depth and hone in on guys. Um, so with Cam Thomas, I had him like in my in my forties before this, and I've moved him all the way up into my twenties after. Um, and I'm not generally one to buy into that sort of like real hooper type stuff. Like, I mean, if a guy plays basketball, he plays basketball. Like, I don't think there's really much separation between that real hooper type of stuff. Um, but I think with Cam Thomas. <laughs> I mean, the guy can just flat out score. Like, I, I he, the, he, the way he shoots is he, as Ryan was saying, he takes like a lot of bad shots, which is true. But with Cam Thomas, he's capable of hitting a lot of those quote unquote bad shots because his degree of shot difficulty making is probably one of the best in this class. Um, because he, like, at, He's one of the guys where I think, am I just overthinking this? Like, this guy can score, and, like, he's, he's going to score in the NBA. It's just a matter of um, at what faults. And that's the issue with Cam Thomas, right? If he was able to be kind of a secondary playmaker, uh, I think he'd be a lot higher on a lot more boards. If he wasn't, um, you know, a complete, like, absolute negative on defense, then mm – -hmm he'd be a lot higher on boards, but outside of scoring, it's what else does he provide? Um, and I think that's the question a lot of people are left with. Um, so I, I guess real quick, I'll just kind of cover the ways that he does score uh, because it is really impressive, at least to me. Um, I mean, he'll, one of the guys we'll talk about here in a second um, it is also kind of in contention for this, but Cam Thomas has probably one of the deepest ranges in this entire class. Um, he's able to step back from, you know, like five feet behind the line and, and make them, uh, which is pretty crazy. Um, obviously shows a ton of touch. Um, his mid-range pull-up, he, he has great uh, instincts and ability to hit that mid-range pull-up a lot of times because he's able to create so much gravity um, on his shots. He's able to really get high and then kind of lean back a bit um, where he's got kind of that, kind of the fadeaway, not quite a fadeaway, but just like, um, it's almost like an in-between fadeaway, <laughs> I guess you would call it. Um, and then he uh, is a great pull-up shooter. He's able to pretty much get to wherever he wants to on the court, just spot up, shoot it, make it a lot of times, um, which is really impressive for, uh, especially a freshman. Um, he gets to the rim really well, can create contact. Um, he, I mean, he's just a guy that's going to be able to score from anywhere on the court, right? Like, I, I don't really have any doubts about that. 
the issue is um, he might be the worst defender in this entire class. Like he puts absolutely zero effort in on that end. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I kind of wanted to bring up with you guys. How I, I don't think he'll ever be a neutral on defense even. I think he's always going to be a bad defender. It's just a matter of how bad. And I guess my question to you guys is how much can his defense improve if he actually tries on that end? Because he doesn't even try a lot of times. He just gets blown by, yeah. gives up, and that's about it. Like, yeah, I mean, like you're saying, I think if he just stops those defensive lapses, I think he focuses on offense too much at times. And he kind of just literally forgets, like, to play defense. Um, but I think if he just takes takes away those little lapses on defense, he'll at least be – He's not, he's not ever going to be a good defender, but I think he'll at least be, uh, you know, he can get by. But I don't, know, I don't know if he's ever even going to be a neutral defender, honestly. Like, yeah. he, like in the NBA, I think he just – every single time opposing offenses are going to hunt him in switches and try to switch on him or in the pick and roll, and he's just going to be eaten alive every single time. Like, he, I, I think – probably like 99% of the time he'll be the worst defender on the court at any given time. Like he's that bad defensively. Um, but, but like I said, he can flat out score. Like I have trouble weighing how much is that scoring ability worth? I mean, in this class, I don't think, I don't think it's, uh, there's maybe he's probably, I mean, top five, maybe as a scorer in this class, like he's a really great scorer. I can't, I can't uh, undersell that, but um, the fact of the matter is he just doesn't contribute in any other area. Um, and I'm not sure how to weigh that in terms of where I value him. So at this point, I have him in my 20s, but there's uh, there's a large variance in, in that range for me. Um, but uh, what, what did you think after watching him, Bryce? So Cam Thomas, to me, is a really interesting exercise and something I talk about a lot on here, and that's thresholds. Um, something I think we overlook sometimes as draft as draft analysts, and, and teams do this too, it's that if you're going to do one thing, the threshold is so high. Like, try and think just off the top of your head, like, who are the best scores and only scores in the NBA like it's Bradley Beal kind of does that. Zach Levine. Well, those guys are both much better athletes than Cam Thomas. Um, Sexton, maybe. maybe yeah, like even Anthony. Sexton, though, is is a much better athlete. Though like Anthony Sexton, Edwards. Anthony Edwards, maybe too. But again, another absolutely elite athlete. And I would yeah. argue that Edwards has more defensive potential than Thomas ever, ever will. Um, but there is something to be said for you're just so good at something that you'll find a spot. Uh, Cam Thomas is, and I can't say this enough, an elite scorer, um, deep bag of tricks to get to his spots, uh, gets to the rim, gets to the free throw line, uh, pitch perfect footwork in the mid range off pull-ups off the catch. Um, there's a chance he could, he could even be like a movement shooter. Um, if that becomes his role, that would be incredibly, I mean, that's an incredible value add. If he, you know, if a coach can convince him, hey, instead of dribbling, start in the corner, run off these wide pin downs, catch from 30 feet and shoot like Duncan Robinson. I mean, it's hard to say that's what he can be, 
that's another thing where the threshold is super, super high. But it, the, don't look too much at the percentages. Cam Thomas is an elite shooter. He only took difficult shots. Uh, Will Wade did not run a good offense to get good shots at LSU. Uh, and he was kind of the bailout guy. He took difficult threes. He took difficult twos. Uh, I honestly like am struggling to think of any open shots he got. Uh, like in all the film I watched, maybe a couple off like Trendon Watford drives or Javante Smart drives, he would he would be kind of open. But even those were were deep, if I remember right. Um, so it's just what threshold does he hit as a scorer, and is it enough to make him a valuable NBA player? Uh, because I, I mean, I agree with everything you guys are saying, uh, really, really bad passer. I don't think I can ever see him like being a, a big part of running an NBA offense because it's just he, to run an NBA offense at his height. At this point, you have to be a good passer. Even yeah. Bradley Beal has become a pretty solid passer, pretty solid decision maker. Cam Thomas is not either of those things. And, and I struggle to see him becoming that. Um, this is the all-time scoring leader at Oak Hill, which is super impressive considering Carmelo Anthony and KD both went there. Uh, but he also – that also kind of shows, like, he was he was surrounded by elite teammates and he still couldn't pass. Um, elite teammates compared to his competition. And I just – I'm with you, Stone, where it's just – it's tough. It's like where where do you value a guy who brings one thing at a super elite level, but nothing else. How elite does that have to be to be worth, you know, at what point is that worth the 20th pick? At which point is that worth the 30th pick? And so on. It, it, it's really tough to decide with someone like Cam Thomas because he is, he's a very good scorer. I could see him being a very good NBA scorer, probably off the bench. Um, he doesn't quite have the athleticism or like I said, the playmaking to be, like a superstar scorer, like he'll never average 30 in the NBA. It's just, he, he won't get the usage for that. Um, but he could probably be a, a solid bench scorer and he could even provide value if he really figures out how to move off the ball. Um, but that's sometimes easier said than done. So I wanted to ask you guys, what did you guys think of his off ball movement? Uh, was there anything you saw there that you liked? Or do you think, you know, Will Wade just really hurt him there? Did you guys watch? What, what did you think of that? I think it's difficult to evaluate because, I mean, he, so much of him was on ball because he's creating everything for himself. So it's it's difficult to really judge that. Like, I, I, I think it's just such a low – I didn't really watch him in high school, so I can't really speak on that. But in terms of at least college play, it's such a low sample size of what he's actually done off ball. I think it's really hard to gather any intel on that um, and how he projects out that way. I mean, you see, he, he's super ball dominant, but at the same time, like, uh, you see him <clears throat> being able to come off of screens and stuff as a movement shooter, um, and the flashes are there. So it's like, there's, I mean, I think there's room for him to become that and become a guy who, uh, if he becomes like a strong enough cutter or like a, um, smart enough cutter it's impactful to be able to get himself open I think you can you, there, there's uh outcomes to where he's able to to be that off-ball guy um but yeah like you're saying he's probably more off the bench and 
he's probably just going to be that high usage spark plug off the bench it role is what my thought is um I think it's somewhat situational for him too uh but I'm yeah it's it, it's really difficult to say um I think there's just not quite enough there for me to really give a definitive yes or no he will be um high level enough off the ball type guy yeah, yeah I definitely kind of feel the same way um he he didn't see much he was always on the ball like you said will rank will wade kind of ran that that weird offense that didn't really help them get open looks and help them score more than they should have um but yeah there's there's not a lot of him um off the ball um i do think he will be asked to to play off the ball more um in the nba though if um but it will be interesting to see if he if he does adjust and, and can actually do that or if he needs to stay on the ball. Yeah, and I think that's what's tough for me. I agree with you guys that there was a pretty low sample of that. Even I did watch him a little bit in high school, and it, it was kind of the same thing where it's just like th there's nothing to take from this because every single time down the floor it's him dribbling. Um, it just I'll say that I think, I think the difference between him being – like a really good NBA player and him being barely out of the, like barely hanging on to a role in the league is that off ball movement. If he can really figure out how to leverage himself as a cutter, um, getting into open space, yeah. running off screens, shooting off movement. Um, I think there's a spot for him because he can contribute to winning. Um, I think if, if he doesn't move off ball and he, and he only wants to, to ISO and score or score out in pick and roll. Um, I think, I could very easily see him just not sustaining himself in the NBA because that's a really hard role to fill. And, and you have to meet such high thresholds that I, I could very easily see him falling out of that. Yeah. I think, I think it's important to note too. I think the off ball stuff, it's just not really a role. I don't think he's ever been asked to do. So yeah. it's like, it. he's kind of, I think been, he's so comfortable being ball dominant. It's like, I'm not sure. It, it, I'm not sure how bad of a thing that is either, because like it, it does take a pretty high level of skill to be that on ball dominant and be effective in that role. Um, Ryan brought up Lou Williams. That's a pretty good comparison role, right? Role wise, I think um, not like as a player, but as just like, the role he'll be playing as a secondary or a second unit um, scorer where I'm not really sure if he has to be an off-ball guy for me personally um, to be successful in the NBA because I think uh, being that sort of Lou Williams type guy um, can, I think it can sustain that role um, without having to be this sort of off-ball guy that has to play next to uh, a really strong initiator. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it, it's really tough. But, um, I mean, in the 20s, for me at least, I think it's worth the gamble because it's a pretty solid payoff um, of what you're getting if you, if you, if he reaches that high-end outcome. He's, I would say he's one of the better – I'm more optimistic on him reaching his high-end outcome than a lot of other guys in this class. Yeah, that's fair. And, and everything I've heard, too, is that he is an extraordinary worker. Um, he kind of has that Colin Sexton, Zach Levine-like 
Uh, I think PD Webb described it as basketball psycho. Um, and I would say that's sort of an apt term for those guys where it's just, it's hard to like fully bet against Cam Thomas because, and I'm not going to feel like I, I have a ton of in-depth intel, but everything I've heard from everyone who, who knows anything is that this dude does not ever leave the gym. Uh, all he does is get shots up or lift or he's very eyes on the prize, going to be an NBA star in his mind. Um, and my only pushback with you bring up the Lou Williams idea is that one, I think Lou Williams and players who, who play in that role do still tend to be better passers or they have to play off ball. Uh, you know, you think this year's six man of the year, Jordan Clarkson is kind of a comp. Uh, Jordan Clarkson plays a lot off ball. Um, he's actually kind of his best, his best role is as sort of a spot up kind of movement shooter sometimes off of, Rudy Gobert's role gravity um and Joe Ingles was actually more the ball handler on those second units um but I can see what you're going for with Cam it's just that's what I was talking about with thresholds is it's like I feel like a ton of people get compared to Lou Williams every role oh I could see him filling that Lou Williams role every year I feel like we hear that with three or four guys and I think we really overlook how hard it is to be Lou Williams or Jamal Crawford it's extraordinarily hard. Those guys are some of the best, you know, hot microwave scores of all time. And that, that's a very hard thing to do. Um, I think Cam Thomas has as good a chance to do that as anyone I've really seen get compared to that. You know, I was super high on Malik Monk. Malik Monk was compared to those guys as well. Yeah. Um, and Monk is similar in that I still think his Cam Thomas and Malik Monk's best potential roles could be really leveraging their shooting gravity as movement shooters um but that's going to take a creative team to really put them in that situation yeah that's right that's what i was saying a little earlier i think a lot of it is or not a lot not as much as like Sangoon how we talked about on yesterday's podcast um but i think it, it somewhat lies in situational context for him where it's going to take mm-hmm. it's going to take a certain roster build to really maximize his his abilities yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else will. to say? He probably will go late. So, I mean, he might, he might land in a, in a situation that's good for him, but yeah, I, I mean, I would take a chance on him like late first. I do have him like 38, but I mean, um, I haven't really up, updated that part of the big board yet. So he might move up, might move down. Uh, but I would, I would for sure take him in the second round if you can get him, but late first I wouldn't be mad at either yeah he's it's hard to get a grasp on I think where he's going to go in the draft too there's there seems to be like a lot of variance amongst the, the big name big boards I've seen I've seen him like as high as 20 and I've seen him kind of like in the uh, early portion of the second round so uh, I think it's going to be um, just somewhat team dependent on how he where he lands um, and how he succeeds but I think um, getting a grasp on where he's going to go is pretty difficult at this point. Yeah, for sure. I don't know why, but I have this weird feeling I could see him ending up on the Hawks. Um, <laughs> that's where I, I have why. I just, I just dropped on my mock draft actually yesterday, um, and that's where I had him going. No shit. I, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. It might be because I did read your mock, or I looked at your mock draft, and I, that's probably subconscious because – Back in when I did a mock draft for clutch points like two months ago, 
I had the Hawks take him at like 16 or whatever. And, yeah. Uh, he's dropped probably since then, but I think there's something there with uh, them really needing that sort of secondary ball handling score. Um, yeah. Bogdan has sort of filled that role, but Cam Thomas could kind of fill that long-term. Yeah. And him and Trey Young can, you know, swap stories about how much they suck on defense. No, I was about to say they, they <laughs> cannot be on the court at the same time if that happens, because it, it could just they're gonna, give, they're gonna give up 40 each. yeah i mean yeah they'll, they'll probably yeah <laughs> i'll say any I'll say though, court's gonna feast on them they're just gonna love that i'll say though that trey young has been a better defender in these playoffs than i think anyone thought not yeah, that he's I been mean, good but he hasn't been awful he he tries like it's like he's just too small to really contest anybody so it's like but I mean, he puts the effort in. He's just, yeah, that's something Cam Thomas hasn't shown yet either. Yeah, he just doesn't even put effort. I'd also say too that um, generally guard defense, especially point guard, if you're good enough on offense, it it's very rarely not me. Like everyone who was ever knocking like Luka Doncic or Trey Young for their defense while projecting them to be guards, I was always like, it's just it doesn't matter for those guys. I mean, Steph Curry is not a good defender. I think sometimes yeah. he gets sort of almost overrated as a defender sometimes because he was on good defensive teams, but it's just Steph Curry is sort of just proof that guard defense doesn't, doesn't need to matter if you have a good coach and you have a good defensive structure. Um, do we have anything else to say on Cam Thomas? Uh, I, think yeah, I think that's it for me. So we'll move on then to another guy who, who kind of is all over boards Um He's sort of one of those, like, I feel like guys either fall in love with him or are completely out on him. Um, and another highly ranked uh, high school guard, and that's Josh Christopher um, from Arizona State University, uh, very close to Davis. Um, really, really interesting physical prospect with a lot of offensive tools. Um, so I'm going to throw it to you, Stone. What do you think of Josh Christopher? Um, yeah, so like you were saying, I think a lot of people tend to be really in a really out on him. Um, and like Cam Thomas, uh, I think I'm sort of an anomaly where I'm sort of in the middle. Um, <clears throat> I, I think so, Cam or Josh Christopher, I think a lot of it is hypothetical with him. A lot of, a lot of what I think you're buying into is, is buying into what he can be in the future and not what he's shown thus far. Um, I think he's a really, he's one of those flash guys where like he shows a lot of flashes. Uh, but I, for me personally, there's not much where I can definitively say he's going to be able to provide this to an NBA team at the next level. Uh, I think, uh, I'm not really sure. I, that's probably an unpopular opinion. I think a lot of people value a lot of different things with him, but for me, I think there's, <clears throat> there's a lot of flashes. Um, so starting with like, his frame is a big portion of, I think, why people buy him uh, defensively, especially. Um, he's he's a big shooting guard, I guess you would say. Um, he's 6'5", 6'6", built big, um, strong frame, just like built really strong. Um, he's and not sort of like the Marcus Smart, sort of like mini semi-truck build, uh, but athletic and, and strong. Um, and I think that gives him, that gives people the hopes that he'll be 
a really high level finisher. Um, and he showed flashes of that. Like I said, a lot of this is just flashes, um, like where he was able to uh, really string together some high level transition plays, um, dunk from really far out, um, use his strength to absorb contact while driving inside. Um, <clears throat> he's uh, a better, his, his handles are decent, I would say. Um, there's, I'm going to say this word like nonstop, but there's flashes <laughs> of his handles. Um, they're good, but I think, I think there's room to improve on it. Um, he's a better change of direction guy than change of pace guy. Um, and what I mean by that is like sort of uh, simple in and out dribbles and crossovers. Um, but the change of speed is, is sort of uh, difficult to assess. Um, I think defensively people buy him a lot more than what he's shown because of the frame. I think he's got uh, good lateral movement, but he has, he gambles a lot. He gambles a lot defensively. He's very undisciplined at this point. I think a lot of that is because he knows in college he could get away with it because he had a high level of recovery. Um, he was able to kind of bounce back and um, take away those advantages that guys would get from him gambling. And I'm not sure that's really going to fly in the NBA. If you gamble a lot, teams are going to make you pay for it. <clears throat> um, so and then offensively, the tunnel vision is kind of an issue with me. Um, he's a score first guy. This is the issue, I think, with a lot of the guards we're going to talk about today, where they're high level scores, but they're not really good enough to be initiators. <clears throat> and that kind of, it's like, is he good enough off ball to be the off ball guy if he's not good enough to be a primary initiator? And that's kind of where I fall with him. Um, so right now, I think I'm lower on Josh Christopher than I am Cam Thomas just because a lot of it at this point seems to be hypothetical, but he, he shows a lot more ability to be um, productive in a lot more areas than Cam Thomas does. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree with a lot of that. He, it, it was a lot of flashes, kind of a down year um, for Christopher or at least expectations wise. Um, I will, I will say as a complete ASU hater. I never say anything good about ASU players. So, <laughs> and and um, I mean, Josh Christopher, he he's he's really good. Don't get me wrong. He's he's a he's a like athletic. He's not crazy athletic, but he's like athletic athletic enough. Um, he's kind of he's kind of a weird a weird player to um, he's not a playmaker. He's a playmaker for himself, but. Um, not for his, not really teammates, um, not a good passer. Um, I, th I think he averaged like 1.5 steals though, um, or close to that. So he did, he did show flashes, of course, like, like Stone's been saying, um, that he's good, that he can be good defensively, or at least, um, play passing lanes or move his feet well, use his body well. Um, he's got, he's got the frame to do it. Um, but yeah, I just don't really like know a role, what what role he's gonna have in the NBA. Like I don't know what he's gonna really tip his hat on. I mean, he is a good scorer, but he did only average like 13 or 14. So it's not like, you know, a Cam Thomas type level of score, um, at least, you know, in college. But 
Um, I think obviously he's a better better defender than than Cam than Cam, but um, they are pretty similar to me. I think they're literally within like three spots of each other. Um, I think Cam is a little higher, but um, it's just all all really potential with with Christopher. I think um, he's gonna need time wherever he goes. He's gonna need a good situation, and um, if he does if he does click, I mean. He's going to be a really good player, but I just think a lot is going to need to happen for that to, for that to work out. Yeah, I uh, Christopher is really interesting. I watched I watched a lot of Christopher because um, I watched a ton of Pac-12 this year, and the whole year kind of had this air of dysfunction at a- ASU. Um, nothing seemed to go right. You know, Remy Martin was like preseason player of the year, and he had a pretty disappointing season. Um, so it, it's sort of hard for me to look at some of what's him and what's not. I thought he showed a lot more as a passer in high school, and it was, but it was sort of like in college, ASU, like no one on ASU passed. It was so weird because yeah. no one on that team like would pass until after their opportunity to score closed. It's like Remy Martin would get an ISO. Okay, nothing worked. So I'll pass it out to, with no advantage creation, to Josh Christopher, who's going to, you know, kind of dribble and figure something out, probe. Nothing there. So they'd pass, you know, whatever, on and on and on down the list of players in ASU. It was a really, Bobby Hurley really did not run any sort of cohesive system. And it really did kind of seem like a toxic, toxic environment um, in Tempe. Uh, so, it was it was sort of hard for me to gauge all of what I believe and don't believe in there, um, but like Stone said, it's a lot of flashes. He's he's a flash player, um, and he's sort of like I think sometimes people hear flash player and they can jump to one side of the bandwagon or another. You know, people think we're high on Kai Jones, sort of based just on flashes, and while that's partially true. I think there's more that goes into it. And it's the same with Christopher. People can be high on Christopher based on flashes, but there are some legitimate, there is some legitimate projection there. Um, You know, they say like 75% of defense is just having the body. He has the body, the athleticism to be a defender Um, and a very versatile defender. Six, five and built like he is. It's hard for me to not see him being able to at least physically hang with most wings and maybe even fours in the league. Uh, quick enough to probably guard up to ones. So just based on that physicality to project that he can maybe guard one through four if he if he kind of fi- figures it out. He's going to have to learn not to gamble. Um, he, he is way too often taken out of plays by trying to over-gamble on a pass, and then he's really slow to get back into the action, and, it, and it's way too late. He's, his, his man's gone, and everything's everything's gone to shit. He's going to have to learn to – slow himself down, play within a defensive system, but there's definitely some projection there. Um, I think a lot of the question is just what is he offensively? Um, you know, it's like Stone mentioned, he, he isn't a very good change of pace guy. He can have some deception. He can create space for, for like kind of movement jumpers uh, or not movement, pull-up jumpers, um, but it's a really inconsistent looking shot. Uh, you know, his hands are pretty low, his, his feet kind of flare uh, as he shoots. It's not something you really want to see. Um, it's definitely a shot you could tell, like, was tailored by pull-ups. 
like he always looks uncomfortable in spot up situations because you just get this feeling like he's never ever done it like he like he's just not someone who's ever had to do that even in high school he played at Mayfair with the upcoming top prospect Dior Johnson and even then they kind of played how ASU did where it's sort of just like we're going to take turns isoing or running a pick and roll and and sort of pass when we need to um so Josh Christopher was clearly uncomfortable being this like play finisher as as a spot up shooter that's something that can probably be fixed over time but you can tell that jumper why it's so wonky is because he was taking pull-ups from a very young age and his whole shot comes from the pull-up mechanics um and I think that his playmaking is still just really inconsistent and hard to gauge um so I want to ask you guys who who would you trust more as a passer Cam Thomas or Josh Christopher I mean, I'd probably, I'd probably go Christopher um, just because I think, like you said, and in high school, I think he showed it at least a little bit, um, whereas Cam just kind of hasn't been a good passer at all. Um, so I would, I would go lean towards Christopher, but I, think, I don't think any of them are going to be good passers, maybe like neutral. but uh, Yeah, I would say – Christopher but I don't think it's going to be really a role either of them are going to be asked to fill um I mean obviously you're going to have to make the right reads and the right passes at certain points but like uh being any sort of initiator I don't think is really within their uh their role or their abilities or what they'll be asked of so it's not really something I see um either of them ever being uh you know like I wouldn't say good at but like high level at or anything like that um so yeah and shout out to josh christopher for calling me out on twitter <laughs> for me um mm-hmm. having it having a thread where i did yeah, that's cool. in, in my top five off the dribble shooters uh and he 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 was like my last seven games i was 45 percent from three so shout out to josh christopher for um roasting me oh <laughs> i will say it always cracks me up players who like check their own stats i played with a kid forever who uh would constantly check his, his i think it was game score was was how they kept our stats would check his game score page and it was so funny because he'd be like i only thought i only shot 36 percent from the floor this weekend and he'd be pissed he'd be pissed <laughs> for the rest of the weekend we'd be like out at a team dinner or whatever just uh that's yeah. funny i never did that i i don't know any of my own I mean, personal yeah i mean i don't know it's I think some of it can be that's a whole nother conversation. We'll just and like oh no, it doesn't it, I mean it, <laughs> what happened to the other games? Why did you only put seven? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just saying any other person I would have asked that, but I'm not about to I'm not about <laughs> to, to, to call out Josh Christopher on Twitter. <laughs> no, that's funny. Yeah. Speaking of Twitter, um and just another chance, we're gonna shout out Vrenz Blyenberg because we feel like oh, it uh, he's cool. Um, he's he's officially a part of draft Twitter. He told people to follow me, and like I almost cried tears of joy. I'm like, this he's is for crazy. the people. He he's friends for yeah. president, man. Yeah, oh he, my god, he's someday all for the people. It's it's someday. amazing. He's a Can man you be president? People. You can't be president if you were born in Belgium. Damn. Uh, friends is gonna change that. <laughs> change the <laughs> <law>. <laughs> all right, we'll change it. We're gonna change it one time. Yeah. Do we got anything else to say on Josh Christopher? Yeah, I think that's it for me. He's a pretty simplistic player to bring. Yeah. 
it's just flashes. If you buy, if you buy the flashes, I think you'll be high on him. Yeah. Uh, if you don't, you won't. Uh, there's some interest there. Super highly rated it in high school. I can see like a path to a role, right? It's just he he's really really gonna have to hit defensively. If if he is a bad defender in the NBA, I don't think he'll play in the NBA. Real quickly, how do you view like where do you view his ceiling at? Because I kind of struggle with this a little bit. Um, his ceiling, maybe like like Josh Richard Richardson, maybe like a slightly worse decision maker, but pretty like quite like solidly more athletic, solidly better in transition. Um, Josh Richardson is an excellent defender, very versatile defender. I still think he gets too much hate. Uh, you know, I, I, that's like, that's like ceiling is hard to describe. Like everyone has a ceiling of being like an all-star caliber player. Right. But yeah, like, I like guess, a 90 percentile outcome for me is like yeah. Josh Richardson-esque. That's fair. That's fair. What do you think Davis? Um, I can see, I can see like a, a time, kind of a Jay Rich type player. I think his ceiling will probably be uh, like a like a defending, like a good defending two or three. Um, I don't, not like, I don't know. Maybe it's kind of hard to think of like a comparison for him, but I, I mean, I don't think his ceiling is like crazy high. Um, but like if you said, if he hits the defense, I think he can be like like a pretty one of the best like guard defenders that I that's where the only reason I ask is that's kind of where I was going with this I don't think I don't think his ceiling is high enough for me to justify him taking him top 20 but I don't and I don't I think his floor is too low to justify that as well so that's why I, I would really struggle having him top 20 or anything like that yeah, yeah I would comfortably say that his ceiling is not as high as Cam Thomas. Um, yeah comfortably I would say that yeah um, but I will say it's important to note that that both Ryan and I and and Stone too all mentioned that his ceiling is based more around his defense than his offense um, and I think that's sort of an interesting thing because out of high school he was I think seen as this offense first mm-hmm. scoring prospect and it's just this shows how roles change in the NBA how hard it is to be that um, because those are generally your stars um so to fill a role, he's really going to have to step up and be a really versatile, really impactful defender. Um, with that being said, let's let's move to someone who uh, is never, ever, ever going to be a versatile or impactful defender, but is a very, very interesting offensive prospect, and that's Nashawn Bones Highland. Um, Bones played at VCU this year and was one of the best mid-major, mid-major players in the country, uh, 6'3", was super skinny, but there's been some reports that he's put on a lot of weight, uh, looks a lot bigger, and he is a very, very exciting shooting, scoring prospect. Um, Davis, what are your thoughts on Bones? Um, yeah, so obviously he has one of the best nicknames, <laughs> um, but outside of that, he, he's really he's really lanky um, for for a guard. I know he's only six three, but um, I didn't. I don't have his actual wingspan numbers, but I'm pretty sure they're. It, his wingspan is is pretty uh big, pretty for his size. But um, he did average like two steals a game too. I know he's not a good defender, but um, he can at least play passing lanes because his arms are so long. Um, 
and he can pick, can uh, reach when he reaches, it has a good chance of also getting the ball. Um, but other than that, he's just a really good shooter. Um, his his three, I think he shot like forty percent um, on average over his two seasons at VCU, um, on like six attempts a game. So I mean that's lights out basically from from three. Um, so he's a very good shooter. Uh, he, he can handle the ball well, actually, and has a, has a pretty nice, nice first step. Um, but he, and he also did improve a lot from his freshman to his sophomore year. So um, I think he, he's, he's going to keep improving. So I actually like Bones quite a bit. Um, I started out with him pretty low, though, at like 40-something, but I moved him up quite a bit since then. Um, he's pretty, pretty speedy, too. He has blow-by speed. Um, he's when he's really strong going to his left as well. I've noticed, um, but the main thing obviously is, is the shooting is the lights out shooter, um, off the dribble. He self creates, he's got really long range. Um, and I think, I think he will have a role. I think he's kind of like that secondary playmaker, um, in the, in the NBA. Um, but, but I do, I do like bones a lot. Actually, he was, he was a probably, Arguably one of like the best mid major player, and he won. I think he won conference player of the year. So uh, he's he's a he's an interesting point guard, and um, I think he's going to improve a lot more as well. Yeah, uh, Bones is maybe the best shooter in this class. This is a class full of good shooters. I mean, yeah, Max Abmus, uh, Corey Kispert, Trey Murphy are excellent shooters, but at least as a guard. I would say he's probably the best shooter, um, really excellent range, a lot of versatility on the shot. It, it looks, I would say it's probably the best looking shot uh, for me. Yeah. His, his biomechanics are super smooth. He gets it off wherever. And, and then, yeah, like, like you mentioned, Davis, that handle too really frees him up to, to work as a shooter. And that's something super important. You know, a lot of shooters have to work off ball. Um, it it kind of can make their role harder in the NBA, but, that handle is, is, is really impressive, really, really tight, um, really deceptive. He really sells his moves. Um, if, if you go back and watch his freshman year, uh, he wasn't quite as good because his burst wasn't all the way there. He really figured that out this year. When you add burst with that shot and that handle, it really allowed him to yeah. cook, absolutely cook defenders. They really struggled to – to keep him in check at all. Uh, yeah, there's there's issues with Bones, but offensively, I think there's a pretty clear role as sort of like I would say personally like a better Cam Thomas. Like what Cam Thomas does, I would personally trust Bones to do more and more efficiently because his shooting is probably just that little bit better mixed with the handle, mixed with the burst. And I also think he's a better passer, not an amazing passer, but shows, you know, he makes the obvious reads. He runs a pick and roll well, uh, and, and he's just really good at getting to his spots and getting efficient shots up. Uh, Stone, what do you think of Bones? Uh, yeah, so I think I'm a lot lower on the handle than you two, I think. Uh, it's interesting that you guys bring that up because I'm – I saw a lot of – he seems to be like an over-dribbler. Like, there's a whole lot of – there's a whole lot happening and not a whole lot of progress being made. Like 
he can dribble a lot and a lot of times uh, it just doesn't end in him really like getting closer to the basket or getting more open or anything um, and I think uh, there's there's a lot of times too I noticed I, I don't know I, I guess this is just like a, maybe we just have completely different views on on how we saw this because I saw a lot of like sloppiness in the handle like there's a lot of like just seemed like lackadaisicalness and like I don't know if that's even a word but I just made it um (laughs) um, there's a lot of just kind of like I don't know Uh, how how functional do you guys see his handle because for me I just I don't really see it as like I don't think I mean he it's good enough to be able to get him to his spots at least in the mid-range but like how much separation do you think it's really going to create for him at the next level? And how how often do you think it'll lead to turnovers? Because I feel like a lot of it seemed to be somewhat sloppy and not not really tight enough. That's interesting. I would I would say that I, I did see I'm with you where I did see some of the some of the sloppiness. He can kind of over dribble. He can get himself into some issues, but sort of like like we mentioned with Josh Christopher, like Bones has some really impressive flashes too of uh, uh, really elite space space creation. I think he's going to really get that step back down, um, leverage that pull up. He, he has a really good feel for, for pace. Uh, it allowed him to kind of get downhill, get to his spots. And that's what I would say his handle isn't like, he's not Kyrie and he's not Jamal Crawford. And I didn't mean to make it come across like that, but I think he has a good enough handle to get to his spots um, and, and create enough separation for how quick and how effective that jump shot is. I would say the worry for me with the handle is that he doesn't quite know how to leverage that to create for others. Um, and I, that limits his ceiling because that's something that's really hard to learn. It's really hard to learn how to take this, this skill that, you've developed personally and, and, and apply that to a team context and, and create, create advantages for others. That's something I don't know if he'll ever have. Like I mentioned, he makes the obvious reads, but he doesn't, he, he's not like a, a deceptive passer. He's not, he's not one of the better passers in the class, but I think that the handle is good enough that he'll create some efficient looks for himself. Um, though he, I could see him struggling to get downhill with it on anything other than, some straight line burst or a, a good hesitation move. Yeah, I kind of I kind of agree with that as well. I think his handles are good enough to get by. They're not, you know, like like Bryce said, they're not Kyrie, they're not Steph, you know, no handles like that. But um, I think they're good enough to get by and, and create his own shot, create space, um, get to the rack at points. Um, but he's not going to you know, break anybody's ankles or anything like that. But I also don't think he's really going to be asked to to um, really do that. I think he's going to be that, like, secondary playmaker type, but I think it's going to be more of, like, a score-first um, type type mindset for him. Um, so I don't, I don't think he's going to be really asked to he, – he might be, like, like the secondary unit, like, um, you know, run the ball up there, but – at that point, I think it's good enough to get by. Um, I don't know if he can be like, you know, this this starting point guard on um or any or anything like that. But I, I do think if he comes off the bench, 
um, his his handles are good enough to get by in the second unit and his his shooting and um, getting 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 to the rack, his length. And if he if he does add muscle, um, add some weight, that'll help out a lot as well. But uh, I, I buy the handle um, probably more than I don't know more than both of you because Bryce does as well. But uh, I do I do buy the handles. I do. Buy yeah. Them. So I I don't really see him ever. He's a score first, score second type of guy, right? Like he, I don't think he's ever really looking to pass unless he has to. Um, I think only in like dire situations is he really gonna um, find an open teammate. Um, I think, I mean, his height is sort of intriguing in those long arms, like you guys mentioned. Um, he's pretty, he's pretty like, I don't know how to describe it. Um, the way I wrote it down is like, so we write or we have talked about before, like being able to contort bodies in the air. Uh, especially with a couple of bigs, we already mentioned that. Um, like, I think the gold standard for me is Derek Rose, like prime Derek Rose being able to contort the way he did in the yeah. air is is like the gold standard to me in terms of in-air contortionist. And I think Bones is really good at doing that, but in a much different way. He uses, he uses his body, he uses his length uh, and his slim frame to really kind of like take advantage of these weird small gaps, but not leverage it in a way to where it's just full on athlete. He can out athletic people in the air, if that makes sense. So like, he's not really jumping higher or using that, that elite kind of burst or bounce in the air. Um, but he's in, he's, he uses it in other ways to where the length is maximized. Um, I know I'm rambling on a bit there, but that's kind of like, it's a hard way for me to describe that. Um, he's a solid enough finisher, and I think he'll be a solid finisher in the NBA because of that, uh, just being able to kind of uh, get around guys and be kind of like, um, I don't know how to describe it, but just kind of like gel, I guess. Like, like he's like a piece of jello, <laughs> like in the in the NBA. That's probably the like weirdest way to describe that, but he's he's yeah. able to kind of like, move and, and slither through these these weird uh cracks and crevices that he can find um he's got he rivals cam thomas i think in just range like flat out range like he can shoot from five ten feet beyond the arc no problem um probably one of the better off the dribble shooters in this class um he's just really able to get to his spot he knows where he wants to shoot and he's able to get to them uh, and I think that's really important. Um, yeah, and then defensively, it's it's kind of a mess. <laughs> um, he's too he's too weak at this point to really uh, do much. Uh, he seems to have, for as good of an IQ as he seems to have in terms of scoring, he has a pretty low IQ defensively. I think like uh, he just doesn't get rotations right. He seems to not be able to navigate screens very well. Um, there's just a lot of issues defensively I see. And some of that has to do with frame. He gets knocked off course a lot um, with off ball screens. Like he's trying to keep up with his man and a not off ball screen will just like, you know, pancake him to the ground because he's so slight of frame. Um, but he's also just like really poor at, at seeing, uh, at 
outside of what's directly in front of him, I think. And I think that comes into play offensively too, to where he, he has this sort of tunnel vision where he's like tracking a guy or whatever. Um, and he's not able to see screens forming or that are going to be coming his way and try to avoid them, um, which I think would be really important for him because of how much they tend to slow him down with his uh, slight frame. Um, so there's just a lot of issues defensively that I have with him. Um, but offensively, like you guys are saying, he's pretty elite, I would say. It's an elite level skill that he has in terms of um, being able to to create his own shot. Um, I'm just really not sure. I, sort of like the Cam Thomas syndrome, like at what cost does that come at? Um, and that's sort of where I fall with him. Yeah, I just think he's he's like he's still 20 I think and then the the leap he took from last year to this year um I think he can take another leap I don't know if it'll be as big but I think he still does take another leap and um I don't know if it'll be like offensively I think he's pretty pretty set like you said it's he's like elite shooting wise and um but I think once he fill out once he does fill out that frame a little more I think he will work on the defensive end but um like Stone said a lot of it is just the IQ um a lot of like the not seeing screens the switching um but as far as like on ball defender if he if he bulks up I, I think I think that'll help him out a lot on that on that end I was just gonna say like with so we were talking yesterday on the pod about Garuba um like with iq it's weird because usually with guys you'll see you'll see it applied on both ends like gruba applies his iq very well on both ends offensively and defensively obviously much different prospects i'm not trying to compare them as as prospects or play style or anything like that um but just in a broader sense of bones uses his iq um very well offensively but it's like there's not even really flashes, I feel like, defensively, where he like you're like, okay, the, the IQ sort of translating to the other end defensively, and I can buy it long term. Like, I'm not really sure I ever buy it translating to the IQ translating to the defense because I just haven't really seen any flashes of it, um, which is sort of alarming for yeah. me at this point in time because like at two years in college now and you still haven't really shown that. And it is sort of a little bit of a red flag for me. Yeah, VC is usually a good defensive team too. Yeah, I would say that uh, I, I I don't see his defense ever being even passable. I just uh, like it's just even if he gets bigger, he's still like six three and small. Um, but I would actually say that I think he has a better chance to fulfill the Lou Williams role than Cam Thomas. Um, sort of like a modern day Lou Williams with mm-hmm. a, with a lot more pull up threes, a lot more deep threes. Um, but I just I I there's something about Bones where I, I buy the package of handle and burst and shot with with the decision making he does have. There's just a part of me that that buys that, and I think it's going to work out. I don't think he's ever a superstar, yeah. um, but I just think he has the requisite skills to kind of put it all together at some point and make it work. Um, there's just, a, there's a lot to like with Bones, I think. There's, yeah, there's him and Bones and, and Cam Thomas are pretty similar prospects, in my opinion, in terms of the role that they're going to fill. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and for me personally, I just I feel more comfortable that Cam Thomas. Uh, I guess I'm more of a betting person when it comes to to the draft because I do tend to lean and gravitate more towards upside, uh, which is weird for me to be um, so out on Christopher. Not that I'm like you know completely out on him, but like I'm not super in on him. Um, where I think Cam Thomas, I think fulfills. He has, I think, a higher upside than than Bones, and I think, for me, I, I buy Thomas hitting his higher higher outcome percentages more than I do with Bones. That's fair. I I get where you're coming from yeah. with that, and I think there's a very legit, probably <clears throat> solid, like above average chance that they both are NBA players. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just something about Bones that I I think that ceiling is a little higher. And I also think that he has a much easier path to providing like legit early value. Um, Like I, I just think there's a lot more scenarios where Cam Thomas isn't a positive player at all um, than Bones. Uh, I I suppose that's just how I see it. I think Bones has a lot more avenues to being a positive, impactful player than, uh, Thomas. Um, do we got anything else on Bones? Uh, I think that's it. I think we're good, yeah. All right, let's move on to um, another Gonzaga guy that uh, I hope Spokane isn't too mad at me for, um, <laughs> and that's Joel Ai. Um, Joel is a really interesting prospect because he was super low usage, really played in this, this succinct off-ball role where he was he was meant to be sort of the best guard defender, second best, I guess, with Suggs out there. Um, but a really good guard, wing defender type, uh, off-ball mover, off-ball shooter, decision maker. There's there's a lot of interest with AI, but because he was in the context of Gonzaga, he didn't get to show off a ton of versatile skills. Um, and that's even if you go back and look at him in, in before this, you know, Death Star Gonzaga team that played this year. He was he's always been this sort of like elite college role player. So it's interesting when you're projecting that up to the NBA to see, you know, do you see just those role player skills translating directly, or do you kind of prefer to draft college stars and bet on scaling them down? Um, and that's some interesting stuff we'll get into later with with uh, Iota Sunmu as well. Um, but I'll throw it over to you, Davis. What do you think of Joel AI? Um, and what do you think of those role player skill sets translating to the NBA? Um, so, I mean, Ayayi is one that I probably got to watch more of. Um, but it's just like, you know, like you said, his role is so, it, you know, he just has one role. That's it. Um, that you, when you do watch more, you don't really, you know, see much else. You just see he's obviously a really efficient scorer. Um, he's efficient from everywhere, from three, from from two, inside. Um, I I believe he was second on the team in rebounding this year, so he improved there as well. Um, and he's he's really good off the ball. He he one of the best cutters. Um, he's always cutting, always moving around, um, always finding open spots. Um, so I do see him as like a three and D guy. Um. Like a as a two, maybe a small three. Um, it, he has he has good energy. He just doesn't 
pop out exactly at, at really one thing. Um, obviously, he's good at defense, but he's just his role is going to be really minimal, like it like it has been at Gonzaga in the NBA. Uh, I do see it translating over. I don't know if it'll be necessarily a starter, um, but I think he can be a a bench player um, that can that can provide some some spark on defense. And, and maybe hitting some threes uh, from the corner, from the wing, um, and just being efficient on, on offense. But uh, I don't see, you know, high uh, high upside or a high ceiling with with Ayayi, but um, I think his floor is pretty pretty high too, um, where I don't think he'll – he can't, like, bust, you know, or be out the league or um, – but, yeah, he, he's, he's kind of weird kind of a weird weird player weird prospect um but i i kind of like him i kind of don't i don't know like it's hard to explain um but i do think i do think his off the ball his off the ball movements his cutting his um and just just knowing where to where to get open and find spots is is valuable at least off the bench enough to to keep him a role and just his 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 on ball defense yeah i think Oh, yeah, he's probably one of like the safer bets in this draft. Um, but probably one of the lowest ceilings too, I would say. Uh, yeah. I think Davis hit the nail on the head with that. It's high floor, low ceiling guy who, um, honestly, I don't really have a ton to say on just because I feel like his role's pretty defined. Um, he's going to be, I feel like, pretty safe backup guard. Um, I'm not sure, like, you know, he's never, I don't think he's ever going to be like one of the best backups in the league. Uh, but he's going to be a guy I feel pretty comfortable saying can carve out like a decade long role of being like a useful backup yeah. guard who isn't going to, isn't going to pop, I guess, like Davis said. Like he just, it doesn't have a game where it's going to really like, um, he's going to go on any sort of like scoring flurry or like, um, you know, be the catalyst, I guess, for like a big run for a team. Uh, but I think he's a guy who isn't going to, he's never going to be a guy who hurts you in any way. Um, he has uh, good enough playmaking to be, I think, the lead guard for a backup unit, probably. Um, he's a solid enough shooter. Um, I, I don't really buy him ever being a movement shooter. Uh, he seems to just be a guy who, um, much like the next guy I think we're going to talk about here is is just a serviceable guy as a spot up guy. Uh, I think I think IIE has probably higher upside to be like a streakier um, guy from three uh, who can hit like a couple in a row. But I don't really see him ever being uh, any sort of like movement guy or anything like that. And I think um, he just he's a really safe player. Um, He's defensively can hold his own on both guard positions. I think um, he'll be able to. Um, uh, he he has some flashes of defensive playmaking, uh, but it's not necessarily a skill I would bank on. Like he's, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be drafting him with the uh, with the thought of him being like a point of attack defender that's going to be getting, you know, a couple uh, steals that lead to transition fast breaks every game. Um, I think that's within his game, but it's not really something I'd bank on. And I think, uh, I think there's just a lot of like, like, like Davis said, there's not really a, a skill to where you can 
bank on it, but there's enough there to to easily view him as a guy who will be a high-level back or a good enough backup to carve out like a decade-long role. Um, and that and that's pretty much where I fall on Ayayi. It's it's not it's not super enticing. It's not like you know, um, like if you get him in the second round and someone misses out on him in the first round, you're not going to kick yourself over it because it's just upside is never really going to be of that value. Um, but he's just a really safe guy. So I think Joel, Joel AI, and I loved how you talked about him because I think he brings up a really interesting sort of philosophical thing between uh, the two of us. And it's something I want to write about soon. It's that I don't actually view him as safe because Joel AI has one role, in my opinion, that he'll fill in the next level. And that's as sort of like a backup energy guard um and not a lot else he doesn't have any skill that jumps off the page uh like like really at, at all um really good finisher like 68 percent around the rim i want to say but a lot of that was pretty open you know he doesn't miss any miss any layups and he does have a really good touch but i don't think he's like i would even probably say bones is the better projection finisher um i just think that he doesn't present enough for me to to see him ever providing a ton of value in the NBA. He's a good, not great defender. He's an okay shooter, but he'll never provide any value as a pull-up or movement shooter. He's a really, really good cutter. That's his best skill as a cutter, but at 6'5", 6'6", that's not worth a ton. He's a smart decision maker. He's an okay ball handler. Nothing there really screams great NBA player or even like good NBA player. There's enough there that he might find himself on teams, uh, especially if he's a great character guy. I could see him sticking around in the league for a while. But when you don't have any standout skill, I actually think it's much harder for you to find a role because teams aren't looking for guys they just want to stash in the corner, especially if they're only 6'5 and not elite defenders. They, they want guys who, who who provide a lot more value, I think, than what he brings. And he was someone who I was somewhat high on because I saw all the things you guys see. I think we agree on him in terms of, like, what we view him as as a player. I just don't see a lot of value in that at all because I think even if he hits, you know, say some of those things really work out, he's not a player who's ever – making a big difference for for really good teams he's just sort of this solid guy who who you'll play 12 minutes a night in the regular season and that's a pretty high-end outcome for him I think um I just I think there's there's not like a lot of downside to poke at with Joel AI it's just lack of upside to me is downside because if you don't have a projectable skill that you can bank on and and throw out as a this is 100% what's going to get him on the floor. Like with Bones, it's like 100%. Like that shooting will get him on the floor in one way or another. He might be too bad at other things, but he's at least a good enough shooter. He has that one skill that a team is going to throw him out there and we'll see. Joel Eye doesn't necessarily have that. I, I, I could legitimately see him never really playing significant NBA minutes um, if a team just doesn't think there's anything he provides that's worth worth that. Um but, but I know I'm sort of in the minority on that. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, that's a fair outlook because, like you said, I guess lack of upside in some ways is a downside. Uh, I, I guess it's kind of like a half glass half full, half empty sort of thing. Whereas uh, I I tend to see it more as like it's um yeah there's no upside there like it, he's never gonna really he has, he doesn't have any sort of starter equity or anything like that um but i don't know i feel like i would rather if i'm a contending team at least take a guy like that than than take a very bustable type guy who um has like a maybe like a one percent chance of a of an outcome where he's a low end starter or something, you know what I mean? Um, I think, I think there's enough there to justify taking for a contender to take him in the second round. Um, it's just, I, as, as an upside guy myself, I would prefer taking um, the, <laughs> the upside swing, if you will, mm-hmm. on a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of guys over him. It's just, mm-hmm. I think, um, once you start getting into that back end of the second round, uh, the amount of guys or the, the percentage of guys that are going to hit that high end percentile outcome is very minimal. You're looking at, you know, like 0.5 or 1% chance they ever hit that high end outcome um, to where AIE is going to be. Um, it's a pretty strong bet that he's going to be uh, an NBA caliber player that, that isn't going to, um, be a negative in very many areas on the court um so i i feel like for a contending team that's worth that's worth mm-hmm. a second round for me yeah i i definitely agree i think uh i'd rather get someone you know that i know is not gonna hurt the team um and will just you know play his role not complain about it uh you know and then then someone who can can reach like their highest or their ceiling, but it's like a really, really, really little chance. Um, just just because you at least know like what you're getting as, as a contender, uh, as a contending team, and I think I think that uh, they they see those type of players as as pretty valuable. The- the other argument I guess you can make is replaceability. Like backup guards are, are pretty easily replaceable. You're always going to be able to find mm-hmm. a cheap backup guard in the free agent market. Um, so I guess, I mean, taking that into consideration, there's definitely more validity to the fact where it's, it may be better to take that higher upside guy that, that might hurt you. Um, I don't know. It's just, you're pretty cost controlled as a, on that rookie deal. And it's like, but I guess you can get veteran minimum deals. So I don't know. It's a toss up. I mean, I, I see him as an NBA caliber player. So for me, that makes him draftable. It's yeah. just, there's really no, there's really no untapped potential you're going to get with him or anything like that. Yeah. I suppose, you know, I, I guess that we sort of came to a conclusion where we kind of agree to disagree there. It's just, it's just not something I, I buy with, with a lot of these players is it's just, I think it's a lot harder to, to really make it like in the NBA, if you don't have a standout skill, like I struggle to think of really any NBA 
comp for Joel Ai because it's like almost everyone sort of has a more standout skill, in, in my opinion, than he does. And that's not to say he can't be a good player. There are plenty of players who don't have good comps who, who have been good players. But it's just that specific archetype of sort of good at everything, not great at anything, I, I, I struggle to see, like, really working out at a, at, at a high level that to me is worth even drafting, uh, maybe a two-way spot bet on maybe some of that ball handling to come around. Um, but can you guys think of like a Joel AI comp that like you really like, like it doesn't have to be great, but even a player yeah. kind of like him. Maybe, maybe like a DeLon Wright sort of. Maybe uh, I think DeLon Wright was a better ball handler at Utah though. Yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to find any sort of like exact comp. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't mean to I put think, you on the spot like that. I think most of them are, are like, forwards uh like for his comedy like they're kind of like they're kind of like maybe like a like a trevor ariza type but like not like now you know like now Tre- not now trevor ariza but like a few years ago trevor ariza. trevor ariza was like an elite defender though like and an elite athlete yeah at and UCLA. an elite shooter <laughs> i don't i don't know if I don't know if LA just has that sort of upside to be elite, really. At and any. six, yeah. And he was six eight. That's what I'm saying. That's, and he was that's six, part eight, of what yeah, I'm he's saying. He's like a forward. Yeah. If Joel I was six nine, then maybe I'd be like okay. But as a yeah. guard, I, it's it's just it's just tough. And, and I and I could very well be wrong on him. I'm not. You know, I I could be wrong on anyone in this draft. That's sort of, you know, what this is all about. It's kind of you're taking your bets. But I just I I don't see a kind of upside. And to me, not seeing upside is, is a pretty bad thing. Like, like even players I'm low on, say, like, um, like I'm pretty low on Jalen Johnson. Like, I see upside there still. Like, I see how he becomes a a starting NBA player. I just I just don't see that with AI at all. And, and I even see it with the next two guys we're going to do, and one of them I'm very low on. So, um, but with that being said, are you guys, are you guys yeah, good on Joel AI? Let's move on. Yeah, that's probably too much time on AI as it is. He's pretty, he's pretty probably. prospect. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, so let's do. We're gonna do these two guys together, and they're a really interesting sort of sort of combo pack. And and we have uh, a pretty stark difference, at least Stone and I do, on these two. And that's David Johnson of Louisville and Iota Sunmu of uh, Illinois. So Iota Sunmu was one of the best players in college basketball this season. Um, has been a prospect since his since his freshman year. Um, I think he's entered the draft twice before this year and gone back. Um, he's finally staying in this year. Um, and then David Johnson sort of burst onto the scene, played only 15 minutes at Louisville last year, and everyone thought this was going to be a big breakout year. Um, so a lot of people had him in their lottery preseason. Uh, and he, I think he kind of disappointed a lot of people. Um, Carly Jones took more of the, the ball handling duties away from him. And he was sort of a, a man without a country there at Louisville. Um, but two really, really interesting guys. So I'm going to throw it to Stone for Io to Sunmu. Stone, what do you think of Io? Yeah. Um, so I actually really like Io. Um, I, I see him as – I wouldn't say a safe bet, but I see him as I, – I really struggle to see how, like, there's any sort of path where he, he doesn't – um, where he like 
falls out of the league or anything. Um, he's he's a big guard, right? He's like six five, six six maybe. A really strong guard, I would say, um, and uses it well. Uh, that's something I think I've mentioned multiple times before. Bear, I like I like guys who use their phys- who maximize their physical tools because um, there's plenty of players who don't, right? And I think um, that's sort of like I wouldn't say a waste, but just sort of a detriment to um, to what they could be. Um, and I think being able to know how to use that and how to use the tools that you do have is really important. And I think IO does that. Um, he's really comfortable pull-up shooter. Um, he, he gets to his spots and uh, there's really no like hesitation or anything. Like he, he's not, um, I, I think there, there's really no, um, I, I didn't really find places where like he goes and he kind of gets stuck and he has to shoot it. Right. Like, I think he, he kind of knows where he's going, gets to his spots, shoots, and that's that. Um, he's a really good rebounder for his position. We saw that. Um, I could be wrong, but I think um, he was like, he might have been the top rebounder um, as a guard uh, in college. I, I could be wrong on that, though. Um, he had a couple triple doubles this year, I know, too. Um, so, in the rebounding, the only reason, the only time I really care about it for a guard. Um, is when it's outlier and they're able to maximize that rebounding into transition play where I think IO is able to. Um, so they get the board and they're able to immediately turn that into a transition fast break. Um, and I think that's something that IO is capable of doing. Um, uh, he's able to, he, he, when he goes into the lane, he uses, like I said, he maximizes his length. So he uses his length to get uh, these really um, kind of nifty crafty scoop shots Um yeah, on, on pretty much either side. Um, the shooting is a little weird just because on a lot of the times he shoots, he's, he tends to drift, um, whether it's right, left. Most of the time it's forward. Um, he has kind of this weird just like drifting motion that's it needs to be fixed, I think, when it gets to the NBA. Um, he, he has upside as an isolation guy too, which I think is important for a lot of guards. Um, he's, I wouldn't say he's like a great ball handler, but he very much like bones. I think it's serviceable enough to get him his own shots, which is, I guess all you really are asking of either of them. Um, but I think IO is a better passer than bones. A much better passer, I would say personally. Um, and not in the way, not as a guy who like creates a lot for his teammates uh he does do that but it's not like at an elite level or anything uh but a lot of it is just like um advantage creations i would say not from him but from teammates and stuff too like being able to recognize cutters and um standalone passes things like that uh he's really good at that um defensively i really like him defensively he's a really good lateral mover um, he's one of the better guards, I think, in this class at mirroring guys on the perimeter. Um, I think I buy him as a point of attack guy, um, a guy who's capable of defending a lot of opposing guards, um, maybe not like elite elite like Steph or anything like that, um, or super bursty guys. But uh, for the majority of guards, I think he can be a, a, a high level point of attack defender. Um, he sent, he nav- navigates screens really well off ball too. 
Uh, so being able to track guys off ball, um, I, I buy his defense there too. Uh, all in all, I just, I really like IO. I think he contributes to a team in a lot of different ways. Um, and I think he has equity to be a low level starter probably. All right. And then uh, Davis, do you want to give us the David Johnson spiel? Yeah. So David Johnson, um, he's another one that I need to watch more. Uh, very weird type of prospect. Um, I know he improved his three-point shooting a lot. Um, it's like 40% this year when it was like 20, 20% last year. Or, I mean, his freshman year. Um, and he also improved his free throw percentage quite a bit. I don't necessarily buy the shot, um, but it is good to to see the improvement there. Um, he is he is big. I believe he's about 6'5" um like 210 or something like that so that is that is big for a point guard um and that that that's gonna help him a lot at the next level uh he's he's a pretty pretty good playmaker i mean like he's he's kind of one of those all around um all around guys he's not the best scorer but he's a pretty pretty advanced passer um he is pretty unselfish though I've noticed um he'll pass up like open looks for a pass or um pass up you know an open lane um but he, he is a he is a very good passer and then it, a, a lot of it right now people that do buy him is, is the defense so the defense is is the main the main thing with David Johnson I think um he's a very good on-ball defender and like I said his frame is helps him out a lot with that. Um, he's very versatile, can switch on to a lot of a lot of positions, um, probably up to, I don't know if he can do like high, like high level threes, but I think he can at least, or he will be able to, to go from one to three. Um, but I mean, overall, I, I do need to watch more Johnson. Um, I do like him a little bit. Um, I wouldn't, take him you know like top 20 or anything but if you can get him late first or the second I think uh he may pan out for you I just I don't see uh I don't, I don't see really a high ceiling again with him um he's another one of those players I don't see a high ceiling but I also don't see a low floor so um He's he's a, he's a weird weird prospect, but I, I do like him a little bit. So I sort of had my uh, my David Johnson epiphany when watching his tape for this. Um, I was sort of like kind of in and out, in and out on him. Couldn't really make up my mind on on how good I thought he was. And I think this last time going through it, it I really sort of found my like. I think I see what he is as a prospect. Um, he, he's a solid passer, not a great one. He really tries to make advantage creation passes, but uh, he, he he's very turnover prone. Sometimes kind of misses the obvious pass when trying to make like a high level read. Um, though I think that's something that can be marked out. Um, but he's a really solid downhill athlete, uh, really strong. And, and Davis brought up the shooting numbers. I think it was 40%, 341%. Um, 
he's a he doesn't have a ton of volume, but there is a lot of solid projection there in my mind because he has a lot of comfortable range with that shot. Um, he has a really wide base, uh, a pretty a pretty smooth, you know, one and a half motion shot. Uh, but he he has a lot of range on it. And there was something watching this latest sort of round of tape, and a part of me just saw Eric Gordon. Not prime Eric Gordon, but like Rockets Eric Gordon. 6'5", really built, switchable, can can shoot. You know, he, he, he the Eric Gordon, that's sort of like a ceiling for him, right? But, but like I can see that. I can see his path to helping a really good team as a versatile defender, a good shooter. You can put the ball in his hands and he can – he can get to the rim. He can run a pick and roll. He can he can make some really interesting passes. I sort of saw it with David Johnson in a way I just didn't before. Um, there's something to be said for kind of betting on young guys who are already built. I mean, the Celtics are, are kind of famous for doing it at this point where they really value strength because um, you kind of can learn to leverage that more. Uh, David Johnson is 20. He, he, you know, he's the average age of a sophomore. And he, I, I think there's a lot of room for him to continue growing in that realm. And uh, as for Io, he's someone who I've been low on uh, the whole season, and and it didn't change this recent tape watching. I just, I just think there's a lot of, there's still a lot of issues with with Io. Um, pretty poor decision maker in my mind. I think a lot of the defense is more theoretical than actual right now, which is fine. Um, but at the same time, he, he is, you know, 21, which isn't old, but it, it's older. And uh, I, I just, I was just someone who it hasn't clicked with me for. And with this recent watch of David Johnson, it really did. So uh, I'll throw, I'll throw it back to Stone if he wants to, if he wants to try and convince me on IO. Yeah. Uh, I'll just give kind of my brief thoughts real quick on David Johnson too. Um, yeah, go ahead. I'm pretty out on him. Uh, in comparison to you guys, uh, I, I just, I would, I don't know. There's not a whole lot there that I like. I, I, the passing's really interesting. That's probably the standout uh, skill for me. Um, I like that when he drives, he really always seems to know what he's going to be doing. He's a really methodical player. Um, he seems to, uh, a lot of times have a plan in advance knowing what he's going to do and not like getting caught too much in the lane. Um, something I think we see, uh, we saw with like maybe Zaire is, is probably um, a good comparison to this, that they at this point in time drives a lot without really any sort of plan when he gets there. I think David Johnson is a really good um, goal of, of that for a lot of players because he seems to be very methodical and knowing what he wants to do and where he wants to go. Um, that said, the shooting, I don't really buy it. Um, I buy it as a serviceable, like I very much like um, Joel Ayayi as a guy who can be, um, when squared up, like a, a serviceable spot-up guy. I don't really buy him ever being a movement-type shooter or anything. Um, I think he struggles a lot to create his own shot. Um, I, I don't think he's very good at creating any sort of advantage plays much of the time. Um, he seems to, any sort of isolation scoring, um, I think it's just, for me personally, I don't see that ever uh, formulating for David Johnson. Um, just not a guy who's going to be able to um, score at a very high level. 
Um, so yeah, I, I'm pretty out on David Johnson. Like I would say like late, late second round is where I would have him. I'm not even sure I'd draft him personally. Um, with Io, I, I really buy the isolation stuff. Like I was saying, I think he's very comfortable being a pull-up guy. He has good enough handles to get to his spots. I really like the defense. Um, I don't know. I mean, what did you think? Like laterally, it just, it really mm-hmm. stuck out to me. Like in comparison to David Johnson, Io's footwork defensively is like a thousand times more polished to me. Um, David Johnson seems to be like caught off balance a lot of times defensively, um, at least as the point of attack kind of guy, uh, where I think it's it's a lot more far and few between where that happens with Io. He doesn't really get caught on skates or frozen too much. Um, he's a guy who I think is able to sort of stick with guys um, not not maybe like be the pest like a uh, Patrick Beverly is, but um, you know once they get uh, sort of within five feet like out of the three point line is able to mirror guys pretty heavily um, and and make shots just tough for them can test them. Um, he uses his big frame very well for uh, in my opinion on both ends, but especially defensively. Um, I just I really buy him as a solid two way guy, um, and I think there's lots of uh, I know you're big on this, Bryce. A lot of paths to success for IO that I don't think are really there at this point for David Johnson. Yeah. Um, so I I kind of um, agree with Stone a little more on IO. I think I'm closer um, to to him than than Bryce is. Um, I like I like the defense, like like Stone said, and then. Um, He's just a, a well-rounded player on offense. Uh, he's a solid shooter. The form is a little weird. Um, but, I mean, it, it goes in right now. Um, so, it's not – his percentages aren't bad at all shooting-wise. And I do I do buy the passing. Um, the handles are, are good enough to get by as well. I don't think he's never he's never gonna be you know ankle breaker or anything like that. But uh, I do like the way he uses his body, uh, his his strength, his size, um, on defensively and to drive, um, and finish at the rim. But I, I do like Io. I I did gain on him a little bit. I was uh, lower on him when I I jumped my first big board, but I have moved him up since then. Um, I just like the the upside with 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 really everything i mean because rebounding is really good rebounder um passer scorer and then defensively is is i think what i like most but uh yeah i mean i i i think he's 20 like 30 right now or 31 something like that um but yeah i do like io i think this might be controversial and you guys can feel free to disagree here, but I would say that I is probably the best um, cl- at close or attacking closeouts than anyone that we've talked about today. Um, at pr- some people will probably say Josh Christopher, but like I uh, kept saying over and over, I think a lot of his upside is hypothetical at this point. Um, I think with IO, it's a very bankable skill that he's going to be able to attack closeouts um, and get by kind of point of attack guys um, better than I, personally, I would say any of the guys we've talked about today. 
Yeah, I would probably agree with you that he, okay. he, I mean, he's excellent at attacking closeouts. Um, that's one of his main skills. I just, I think for me, with someone like him who, who I don't think is, has really any star equity, um, I, I really want to see better decision making. Or if you're going to be a bad decision maker, at least it's like in the effort of trying to really make it for your teammates too. I, I think he's a pretty rough decision maker on both ends right now. And that's not something I trust to balance out because he's already an older prospect. Um, and if you're, if you're not a great decision maker and not a great shooter, and, and I have some issues with the shot, I, I really worry he's going to struggle against trying to get that off in the NBA uh, as a pull-up shooter. And I don't know how accurate it's going to be um, off the catch. Uh, if you're, if you're a guard, I've mentioned this a couple of times, my sort of easy heuristic for guards is like, you know, I want you to have two of the three of elite athlete, a, like really good decision maker passer or really good shooter. Um, you know, he only really fills one of those. And even then he's not like the most elite athlete. Uh, I think he'll have some utility as a defensive player. He's, he's, he's good on that end. He moves. Um, but he does kind of take unnecessary gambles. And, and you even notice that on ball, some reaches, some kind of try and bait a guy into finishing, but he's not as, you know, he doesn't have the athletic advantage to go and and get a reverse block when he thinks he does or a chase down block when he thinks he does. Um, that's not that I those think. can't be ironed out, but go ahead. That, that, I was just going to say that's where I think, like, people value Josh Christopher a lot because of that defense. Um, he does a lot of that too, where he baits and gambles a lot and he's able to recover from it. I just don't know if he'll be able to recover from it at the level he did in college. Um, whereas I think, I, I, I could be wrong on this, but I feel like it happened a lot less with Io. I don't think he gambled uh, quite nearly as much as, as Josh Christopher did. Um, and I, I think, uh, I, I think he's, there's a lot more um, discipline with him defensively. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with you, but I also think Josh Christopher's, like, younger, and he also has more physical upside as a defender for me. Um, you know, not that – and I'll admit, like I like I said with – like I'll say with anyone, I could very well be wrong about Io. I just – my questions to me aren't, aren't made better by what I've seen from him. And every time I've gone to watch his tape, it's with the expectation that I'm finally going to see something I've been missing – because there are a lot of people who are very high on Iota Sunmu, who, who I respect, uh, you know, uh, Simon Rath uh, at Hawkstraff or Hawkstraff Nerd on Twitter uh, really likes Io. So I'm always trying, I'm trying to keep this open mind and, and see what it is I'm missing. And I just, to this point, I just haven't yet. And with David Johnson, I did, you know, he, he, not that he's going to fill that role, David Johnson, but I think there's some potential there as a defender. I like the shot a lot more than I like Io's. And I think he's a better decision maker. And to me, that package makes more sense than than what Io brings. I, so a, a question, I guess I have um, between Io and and Highland, and, and we'll get into I guess um, right after this, kind of how we rank these guys. Um, but how, like with Bones, if he can't be like I, I buy Io as much more of a lead initiator than I do Bones. Um, 
And for me, my issue with Bones is if he can't be, if he's going to have this high usage, um, is he going to be able to, um, if he can't maximize his ability to find teammates as a lead initiator, then you have to, is he going to reach his ceiling? Because you're going to have to be really elite um, as a scorer, like really, really elite if you can't be able to to hit guys um, as an initiator, if you're to be able to justify that usage, right? And I think with Io, he has an easier path to being able to be a lead initiator because he's a much better passer, in my opinion, than Bones um, to where I can just, I mean, neither, I don't think he'll ever get like, you know, 30% usage or anything, but um, being able to justify, even in a backup role as a high level backup, um, I think it's just easier to justify that usage with IO uh, because he doesn't have to be an elite scorer like Bones um, in that outcome. I, I get what you're coming from with that, but I also think that Bones's role doesn't necessarily like. I think Bones has a lot more equity to play with stars, in my opinion, because of that shooting and sort of secondary scoring. Um, that I like. I could very much see Io if like I could see that shot never coming along and him being like like a worse defensively Chris Dunn. And not that, you know, not that he's gonna be a bad defender, but Chris Dunn is like an elite defender and he can barely play in the NBA because that that shot making just isn't there. Um and that's a hard bet for me. With without think- the shot making, without decision making. I will rely so much on transition. His almost his entire offensive game was transition at Illinois. Um, he like I, I don't have the synergy numbers pulled up right now, but uh, like a lot of his half court stuff wasn't it wasn't bad, but it wasn't elite either. Um, and I just think in the NBA that'll be taken away more. And I don't know how he handles the the pressure of being a like a full-time ball handler, even on backup units. I don't think that's his role. And if I'm betting on who the best, you know, off-ball secondary guards are going to be out of these six, uh, I, I would comfortably have Io last. That's fair, I guess. Uh, yeah. I think it's just more of a difference in terms of how we view their roles, probably. Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. Um, speaking of that, do we want to get into how we rank these guys? Yeah. Uh, Throw it to you, Davis. Yep. Oh, yep. <laughs> um. So it would be Cam Tom. It would be Cam Tom. No, Ao Desumu, Cam Thomas, Josh Christopher, um, Bones Highland, David Johnson, Jarrell Ayi. Stone. Yeah. So. I guess so. The way I would do it, I, I'm just gonna like tier these guys just as they are. I would tier, I would have um, Io and Cam in the top tier of these guys, um, with Bones like maybe, maybe like a half tier behind. He's like right in the mix, maybe in that tier. Um, and then right after him in the tier below, I would have Josh Christopher, uh, and then a tier below that, I would have. Um, Joel Ayayi and then David Johnson beneath him but in that same tier still interesting okay so for me my top tier would contain all of Cam Thomas Bones Highland and Josh Christopher um, I see all those guys as very close um, in terms of 
floor to ceiling uh, sort of variance. It just sort of depends like like what you prefer for all for each team. And then I would have my next tier as, as just David Johnson. And then my final tier would be uh, Io and Joel AI um, as just guys that I don't, I honestly don't think I would draft either of them, um, but I would draft the first four I mentioned. Uh, well, with that being said, I think that's all we got. Uh, Stone, do you want to tell the people where they can find you? Yeah, uh, you could find me and all the content I put out at report underscore court. Um, and then um, part of that content is uh, lines.com where I keep the mock drafts there updated for the NBA draft. Davis? Yeah, you can find me, mock drafts, big boards on Twitter, at Sports by Davis, and also on Instagram. Yeah, and then I'm at Bryce Hendrick 14, all my works on Roll Call Sports. Uh, this has been the Upside Swings Draft Podcast. We hope we hit our ceiling. Thank you. Oh, you know, man. Oh, you know, man. Oh, you know, man.